What's up, everybody? Jason with Founders VR. Super excited to share with you today's episode. We sit down with Rob Wise. He is the founder and owner of IT Inspired. And I just want to read off just a few of his accolades that he's achieved within the business. Inc. 5000, best places to work in 2018 and 2019. 2020 Louisiana Growth Leader, LSU's Top 100, just to name a few. You're going to love his energy. I had a blast sitting down with them and the amount of content and info shared is so fantastic. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So without further ado, hope you enjoy the show. So Rob, thanks again for coming, man. Uh, I know we've had, I've already swapped plenty of good stories so far, <laughs> but super excited to have you on. I know a lot of folks know you and have such a great story. Excited to get into it, but I'll let you open up and kind of uh, introduce yourself for those who may not know you. I am Robert Wise. I am uh, the CEO of IT Inspired, local IT company here in town in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We are a managed services company. So what that means is we basically kind of manage people's infrastructure, their their network, their computers, and we just sort of take try to take all the burden off of them and essentially provide that with great customer service, right? Because being technical sometimes can be kind of rough, intimidating, and frustrating, but we take it from the personal side first. Yeah. It's people first, problem second. So for us, it's always that personal approach, and then comes the actual business part. We'll make the connection first, and then we'll connect your you know, your Cat5. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we'll talk about all the technical stuff in second. Exactly. That comes later, man. Right, right. Let's get the primary stuff, which is people. Exactly. Connected. That relationship is key. First and I foremost. love it. I love it. So let's back up into that because that sounds like, and just, and we've talked earlier, you know, it sounds like that's, that's a big part of who you are. And so I want to kind of open up about how did that come about, Rob? And I'll, I'll frame this question because I read your bio and I love that entrepreneurship seems like that's been in your blood for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cutting grass to doing jobs, odds and ends. It's some, finding things to do and produce. Where does that stem from? And talk about like your origin story, man, almost like your superhero story. How does that, how did that come about? What is that? What molded you to be like that? Ooh, I like that. Wow. Superhero story. I'm glad you said it like that because that yeah. does kind of frame it really good for me. I mean, yeah, not that I have superhuman qualities or powers by any means. Right. But when you hear that story or that background, the, those, the cornerstones of the struggle, right. Or the, the growth in that journey is mm. sort of, what has brought me here today and made me yeah. who I am every last bit of that. Right. Yeah. So every, every last mile and every last step of my journey from, you know, birth in Las Vegas to, uh, you know, a divorce to going across country to Fort Lauderdale and Miami, staying there for two years and then taking a trip to finally meet more family in new Orleans and putting a base in, in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, not knowing many people bouncing around, you know, different schools, different, apartments, different houses, different friends. All of that is probably a huge portion, if not most of my journey and my superhero story. That is why I'm here today. You know, whenever I was moving, if I, if I didn't have any friends, uh, kind of wanted to do something, making money was cool. Why not cut some grass? And then, but the thing is I, I met a lot of older folks, right? I was meeting people outside of my friend circle. We were talking about our friend circle earlier. Yep. I wasn't meeting people my age. I was talking with adults and even doing business in a weird way, doing business at a small scale. Like, well, sure, I can cut your grass. Well, hey, can you do this too? Well, all right, yeah, I, I can do that. And then thinking in my head, you know, how, how can I price that? What 
do I want to do that? Do I have the time? You know, what's mom going to think? Uh, what if I need more resources or gas for this, for my tools, stuff like that. It just kind of opened up like possibilities for me and, and things to explore. So started with cutting grass, you know, but it took a turn probably in like middle school in new Orleans and Metairie growing up when I had my first Mardi Gras parade and saw how dirty it was after and how much stuff was laying on the parade, you know, on the neutral ground, on the median. And, um, I was like, I can, I can pick that up. I can do one good thing, picking it up. Wait, but I can make money too. Oh, that's cool. Hold on. I'm, I'm making money, doing good work. I'm getting a positive, you know, feel good emotion and reaction from doing this. And I think this could be something that I'd want to do more. So I, I recycled for a very long time. That's how I made money on the side. And washing cars became uh, <laughs> became a big part of my life. You remember those um, Columbia House and BMG advertisements you'd get like in the newspapers or magazines? You'd get like 10 free yeah. CDs for one penny. Just attach this penny. Send it in. Man, I was obsessed. I was obsessed with that. So I remember it getting out of control. And I mean, I was what, 12, 14 years old getting bills. Yeah. I wasn't even getting mail at home. <laughs> and so when I was getting those bills, it's, hey, it's a hundred bucks. Hey, this is, this is 200 bucks. I remember got up to 346, $350 one time. Yeah. And I, um, I was going to visit my dad for the summer. What was I going to do? Yeah. And so I went to go visit him. I, I couldn't <laughs> really cut grass. There was not much grass to cut in Las Vegas. Yeah. But I wash cars and that was kind of a hot commodity out there, you know, using water. Uh, <laughs> right. And so I made money that way right. <laughs> and I paid off all my bills and had more. I think I made probably close to 700 something bucks that, that summer, just washing cars, man. Right. And so what that taught me though, was I had, it taught me customer service. It taught me how to price and value my time. It taught me time management, it taught me responsibility. Cause what if I, didn't tell my mom about the customer or I need more money. I need to keep asking dad for this or, Hey, can you buy me that? Or if I just miss an appointment, right? Those things all taught me at an early age, screw up then, screw up early, by all means, screw up when you are younger, when you don't have as much attached and there's not much to lose. And that, that, that was like free reign for me to learn business today. And so I just, I use those same customer service skills, man. I'm just better at talking to people. I'm more confident in who I am. And what I can and will do, what I'm good at. And those things now translate into, I hope, being a, a, a fairly reasonable CEO and, and a business leader and someone in the community that you can rely on to get stuff done. So that's, yeah. that's what it taught me. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you share that, you know, because I think, and you said it, what I would be curious about was what does it translate now to today? And it obviously gave you a foundation of how you're going to lead, even, at, you know, a 10 to 12 year old, you go, what, but I didn't learn anything in 10, 12 years. Absolutely. I mean, you, you had experiences that you leveraged today that you started when you were 10 and 12 years old. Dude, I That's, learned about marketing, yeah. trying to find more, you know, I remember making the flyers, right. And writing your name vertically yeah. or name and number vertically and then right. cutting it out with scissors. I love you it. Know? And I remember like, I remember how good it felt to walk in the laundromat yeah. in our apartment complex where I put up the post and there were posts everywhere. Not yeah. to say I didn't, you know, let's say sort or organize <laughs> that cork board a little bit better than what it right. was. It was right. a mess. Jason. You cleaned it. You helped everybody out, but I you might have been centered. Up, you might have been centered, but you got everybody can be seen now. <laughs> That's what it was. 
but, but, but I remember seeing like how exciting it was to watch yeah. those little slivers of, you know, my contact information, my early, early business cards. When you think about this, holy right. gal. Right. And, and when, when it was, wow, I didn't even think that. Whew. I love that, it. That was my first business card. Yeah. I love but it. Anyways, Here's that, an that, 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 that taught me to market myself. Right. And I felt so yeah. good to see those little slivers of paper just go away and yeah. have to make another, another post up. And then what, what is that one going to look like? You know, should I make it a different design or make the letters bolder? What's more important for this customer to see so I can wash more cars? Yeah. You said something that makes me think, here's a, here's an interesting question. That initial excitement as an entrepreneur, like your first time branching out, like, holy smokes, I've got my own thing. Like it's mine. I'm making it. That feeling translated to a lot of entrepreneurs who get that you become established and now you're an existing player. How important do you feel it is as an owner of a business, as a leader within the organization to still tap into that same energy, which over time may have changed? What does that look like to you? What's your thoughts on that? 100% man. That's the, besides just being around people, you know, I'm creating my own kickball team at the office because I get to pick, you know, (laughs) they're all lined up and I get to pick who's on my side. Yeah. And then, then, and then roll with the lineup that, that we've, yeah, that's so exciting. What, yeah, it, that, that fuels me. So it's not just being around people, but that yeah. entrepreneurial excitement about yeah. a new sale, trying something different, growing, leaning, or uh, not leaning. Yeah. Maybe leaning into something, learning, yeah, leading. That yeah. is, that's what it's all about yeah. for me. Right. I love that. The creation side of it that goes into all of that. Oh, I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So you're in Las Vegas. You came, you go all over, man. So you're in Florida, Las Vegas, New Orleans, and then ultimately Baton Rouge. So tell me a little bit about why, why did, out of all the places you could have planted that flag, man, Baton Rouge kind of gets planted. Tell me that. (laughs) Because of all this memorabilia behind me with LSU, (laughs) man. That's just. (laughs) Today, nothing better than Tigers, man. man. That definitely put out those, you know, those stately oaks, those roots in my blood and my soul. But, you know, I thought thought New Orleans was going to be it. I knew, so I've lived in a lot of different places, you know, Las Vegas, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Pensacola. I spent a, you know, summer or two in Alabama a little while, but I met the majority of my family on my mother's side is either in Pensacola or New Orleans. And so when we kind of came here, I, it, what struck me and why Baton Rouge or why Louisiana from someone who's not native is because it felt like home here. I was birthed and born somewhere else. I had lived in other places. I'm meeting people that have never left the state of Louisiana. But when I came here, I've never felt more like I was welcomed more like family. And what was crazy, this is what the mind blowing thing was, was uh, friends became family. Yeah. Friends get so close. They're your friends family and you wouldn't yeah. consider it any less. That's right. when I knew it was different. So right. that's what, what was like exciting to be here. But I thought my roots were going to be in New Orleans, honestly. Yeah. I stayed there quite a long time with the high school there. But, you know, I had my options. I sent out many college <laughs> applications and it came down to Spring Hill in Alabama or, okay. you know, LSU. One yeah. was go ahead, full ride you get a baseball scholarship and, an, and a cheerleading scholarship for Spring Hill. You can yeah. be the big man on campus. Yeah. Or do you want to go to LSU and try this new thing out that you like called cheerleading, not baseball that you've been doing your entire life. Right. And try something new. 
And so it was that. It was like I had yeah. a few friends going to LSU and they pushed me and that was it. But yeah. when I was here, I didn't really care for it. Like I loved LSU and everything about it. But yeah. I didn't go as far as the Lobdell exit, you know, in West Baton Rouge and Segan or Millerville. That was right. as far as I went, dude. That was I didn't go anywhere. Was, right. My pocket was small. And so so was my exposure and so was my ignorance. But yeah. I, didn't, I thought it was a college town to me. I didn't really care for it. I went back home because I had a job right after college. Yeah. And that yeah. job sucked, man. That job sucked because my paychecks bounced. Yeah. Which is an interesting topic. But, um, <laughs> but I went back with a different lens on New Orleans. You know, I'd gone through college, not that I was, you know, mature or anything, but <laughs> I'd seen things a different way. And New Orleans didn't quite, quite feel as, as homey as, as it once did. It looked like it changed, like the neighborhoods changed or like my friends were no longer there and my mom was strictly, you know, at work. So it was like a different mm-hmm. scenario. Right. Now, when that jobs checks were bouncing and uh, the company was insolvent and they had insufficient funds at the bank for the account I was trying to draw on. You know, then it was like re- reality set in. Where am I going to live? Where am I going to get, you know, should I move into this apartment with my girlfriend? Should I be living with my mom right now? Where's my next job and paycheck coming from? Mm-hmm. So I spent like six months, almost six, nine months. And I found a student worker job in Baton Rouge. I would telecommute, you know, I would work, I would try to work two to three days straight. So I could right. have one trip up here and one trip back. And I would stay with the guy who I was working with. That translated into me having a full-time job here. And so as soon as I had a job, I laid down roots in Spanish town, loved it, lived there for a year and loved it. And then a year later, I bought my house. So I stayed, you know, that's ever since then, moving back to Baton Rouge from New Orleans after college, this is home now, man. This is home. I love it. Dude, that's awesome. (laughs) There's so many, especially, (laughs) well, especially because, you know, a big part of why we started this podcast too was... Sometimes Baton Rouge can get a bad rap in some areas. Do you know the one question I hate? Yeah. Why Baton Rouge? <laughs> right. The reason why I don't like it, it's not that I hate it. It's, it's yeah. an honest question. You got to ask the question. Yeah. But yeah. I think when we have to keep asking that question, it's like we're Baton trying to get others to convince us how awesome right. in a place that we have right here underneath right. our feet right. and how special it is. So, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good point. And I think it's sometimes a lot of the, what the stories that it got out aren't the, the great stories like that. And it's not that the stories don't exist, but it's sharing those stories, man. That's like, why that special. question's asked. Exactly. I just wish we didn't have to, you know, ask it so much because, yeah. man, this Baton Rouge is amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, same thing. So I'm from New Orleans. You know, I, I, grew, you up, I grew up in New Orleans my whole life, spent it there, came up to Baton Rouge. For LSU, same, and and fell in love with the city, man. It just, it's met, I met my wife in Tiger Band, and, and oh, uh, awesome, yeah. So my I, wife was a Tiger girl, so we are oh, just, really that's funny, man. <laughs> Lead in the purple and gold throughout the house. So so yeah, we, it just it was home from the start, and this is this is where we knew we wanted to set roots, and we have our family too, and <laughs> uh, and we have friends giving and everything and all that stuff, <laughs> and. Uh, it becomes part of you. And so um, yes, it it's cool to hear anybody who shares a story. You don't, I don't think you find any Baton Rougian who doesn't have that story of why it's, it's so special to them. And uh, it's cool to hear, hear yours. What I'm curious, Van, is so uh, staying on the business side of it. You, so you had the job. First job comes out and it sucks. <laughs> 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 All right. So your first job sucks. Check balance. Company goes insolvent. Not the greatest start. 
How no. long after was it from there did you start IT Inspired? Um, so let's see. That would be about 10 and a half years. Okay. So you go from there and then what, what's the next step? What do you do after that? So you leave so, that first job. Oh, okay. So we're, we're going from that first job after college. Yep. So that first job after college, you know, that was, wow. I had to go back and think about this one because I did a lot of odd jobs in my yeah, younger yeah. life and I yeah. never stopped doing them actually. Yeah. But so the first one was an IT company um, in New Orleans that lasted about three months before I got my head on straight and moved yeah. on. A lot of it after that was like a lot of personal development. I signed up for something called CBT Nuggets way back in the day yeah. to try and learn how to get A-plus certification for me. Okay. And then um, that was like an important, I can do this. If you want to stay in this you know, this industry, if you want to get a job, you need to go do something on your own after hours. Right. But you know, in between that time, before I actually found full-time or part-time work, I wound up working at a exotic bird shop, man. I, I, I thought about this. No kidding, <laughs> man. <laughs> I, I like birds. I love, I'm having, I'm an avian. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Person, but yeah, I guess yeah. the avian aficionado, I guess I, 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 something I like. So I go back to that and I figure if you can have fun and work and make money and yeah. be around good people, what's, what's not to lose, man. Yeah. So that's a good life a lot for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So sure. I went and worked at that Bird store. I remember it was gross. It was nasty. So gross, man. Even when I was a client there before it was nasty, but I went in there with a, again, a different lens. And I was like, well, look, I, I got some time. They're going to pay me a couple bucks an hour. I wound up taking care of the birds, cleaning every cage, taking out the trash. I found a room with other birds that were breeding, which was gross. I cleaned it up. And I know when I had the look of this person, when I said, can I just like clean this up? I just can't like work here with this. Can I just go ahead and take care of that? And they're like, uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And, and so right. for me, though, it was like, do something that wasn't cleaning up shit and then <laughs> taking yeah. out the trash, do clean it, make yeah. something better. So yeah. I did that. And that was, that was an interesting one. I stayed there a week uh, to a week and a half and I was offered, look, we might open up another store. Do you want to manage that store? I'll give you a, you know, a 30, $35,000 salary if you'll run it. And I was right. like, wow, like I could do that. It would get me by, but I don't know if that's what I want to do. Right. Prior to that, I was offered like a full-time manager position at like a, a wing store yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd yeah, worked, yeah. that I'd worked in college. They wanted me to do that after after graduation. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know. My mom did not like that either. She was like, no, you're not doing that. You're yeah. not doing that. And that's, I look back. Thanks, Ma, for telling me to do that. Right. <laughs> but at the moment, I was like, are you seriously telling me not to take this job I was offered? What the yeah. hell is wrong? I'm so confused. So I went through about two or three of those before I landed a part-time job as a student worker in Baton Rouge yeah. who I was working with an old, with an LSU cheerleader buddy of mine. Love it. He, he was very focused on his career while we were in cheerleading. And that yeah. was, he was kind of an outlier because of that. Jacob yeah. Porter, man. A lot of this goes, goes on because of Jacob Porter. I need to thank him. Shout out to Jacob. Um, shout out to Jacob. So he brought me in as a student worker. I stayed about two, two and a half months. Yeah. He got married and went to uh, South Carolina. Uh, I'm sorry, North Carolina. Yeah. And I found myself in a position to take over that in his spot. Wow. So I was there for about nine and a half years from uh, student worker to COO. Wow. That's incredible. And a whole lot of responsibilities, roles, and titles along the way. <laughs> Jeez. So then after that is when you start IT Inspired. That's when I started IT Inspired, yeah. So talk me through that that transition, man. You're doing really well. You're COO. 
And what is that fireman, that switch that says, okay, it's time. I'm going to do my, my own thing here. The stripped down version is finally having enough confidence in yourself to do it for yourself. You know, to look back on your, well, I looked back on what I had accomplished and, you know, the teams I'd worked with and the projects I had done. And I thought I, if, if I can do this here, I could do this somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But also that environment got a little toxic near the end and it wasn't good for both parties. But I guess I'd seen it grow from something so small and we rebranded and mm-hmm. that company was doing well, better than we'd ever done. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and since I'd been there and things were looking up, but I started to looking out, looking out for myself. And I finally think I had the confidence to do it for, yeah. for myself, given what I've seen and who I've worked with. I was like, if they can do it, I can do it too. Right. If I can do it too, I could probably do it better. Or I can, you know, be more profitable or sell to more people or have better customer service. So when I started lining all that up and doing like a pro and con list, it was like, I'm not, I mean, if I'm going to do it, do it now, just do this. So, and I'm glad I did because for a while there, we were trying to make a family, right? And it was, things were stressful. I said the environment was toxic. That's an understatement, but a lot of emotions, a lot of ties that got severed in this. And we were having a hard time adjusting, but what, when we did and when I finally took the leap, yeah, your, your world's shifted and now you're worried about everything else as a business owner and this and that. But it was two to three months later when I found out we were pregnant and, Ooh. and, <laughs> wow. and that was like, Oh Lord, I'm so glad we did this. We did this. Cause if this would have been three months later, yeah, there's no way I would have started a business knowing that I was going to have an infant in seven or eight months. No, right. Right. And that now is not the time to switch careers, no matter how bad it is. Right. Yeah. Timing. They, I remember I always hear timing is everything. Timing is everything. I disagree, man. I disagree because I think timing is a lot of things. It's yeah. not everything. There's fate. There's, you know, free will. There's a million things that surround it, but timing has a lot to do with it. Right. But for me, that timing was right. And I think yeah. the timing was right for me to start believing in myself, believing in my capabilities and take the jump. That's what it comes down to. I love it. I think it's awesome, man. I like it. Timing is not everything. It's a lot of things. It's a lot um, of things. Yeah. That can awesome. be very significant. <laughs> right. Jeez, man. So you start the business, you, the belief in yourself, you get to that point and you know what, you look back at what you've accomplished and you go, man, I, I was a big catalyst in all that. And I know I can do it. Same. And you make that leap. And so when you start off, how many, is it you? Is it a, is it, what's, what are we, what are we looking like? What does day one look like? Day one looks like there's three of us. And then it was in a, in a week or two, it was like, there's four of us and it yeah. stayed, it stayed there for a while. Yeah. Probably a good two years, I think a year mm-hmm. or two. Yeah. And it's good to think about those days too. You don't always think yeah. about this. this is really good. I mean, we were yeah. working out of our, we were working out of my living room for a while or right. everyone's living room. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we'd meet up at places, do work there. I remember I was way more liberal about, you know, working outside then, you know, taking it on the patio. Yeah. What else did I have to lose? But <laughs> yeah, we you know we, we put down brick and mortar, I guess after about two, three years or so, I think. Yeah. And that was fun too, getting our first place, going to look oh, I'm for sure. a place. I'm sure. That was awesome. That's awesome. Got a place right underneath Taylor Bennett at uh, okay. Mesh. Yep. I love it. I was in, in the Renwood division. And then, um, Mike Hoekstrom with on-site design was, was my neighbor and landlord. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun times. Yeah. That's awesome. 
So you go through your three, four people for a few years and you yep. finally get that first place. Yeah, and now, go ahead. You know, we're looking at a big contract coming up and it's like, yeah. well, all right, I go and I have this, uh, I go to my friend. <laughs> it's just, this is nuts. This is his fifth year work anniversary with us. Come on. I love uh, Sean Farlow. I go to his like birthday party. We had a good time. Yeah. The drinks are flowing, being funny, writing him some <laughs> notes. And uh, <laughs> it was just a good party. Yeah. But I remember meeting him in the, I remember meeting him in his garage. I'm like, dude, how you doing? How's everything going? Yeah. And we wound up talking about work and, you know, he was in school. He was trying to get his doctorate. So, you yeah. know, I, I was hands off, laid off. He worked with me at the prior job. Right. So when I heard that he was thinking about, he, he didn't know his next step, but when I heard the opportunity, I'm like, dude, you, so you would be down for working with like us and the team again. And, and it kind of worked out where we grabbed Sean in and then, you yeah. know, we're, we're trying to work on this big, big contract uh, response, this RFP. Yeah. And then I get this chat message that says, Hey, look, Rob is Corey. Um, got a friend, our friend, Brant, he's kind of out of a job. He just got let go. I'm like, are you serious? He's at a big company. Uh, yeah. Why? What? And I'm thinking that's insane. Mm-hmm. Huh, Brant, he's a good guy. We worked with him in the past. We've never worked with him. You know, he's never been on our team. He was on, he was on this other team that we worked with and yeah. Did this work out? Yeah. Well, he worked at the client that we were <laughs> prior that we were trying to put the bid out for the contract. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, I mean, this just makes sense. He's technical. He's a good guy. Let's get him on the call. Hey, would you be willing to work with us? And so, yeah. And then, so our team grew from like four to six. Wow. And we put in the response and we win. And it was like, this is it. Holy cow. Oh my wow. goodness. We might need more people. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love and, it. And that was it. You know, we, we have a team. We, we've got a stronghold. We've got our friends. They're coming to work with us. Things are falling into place. This is our next evolution, man. So, and, and then here we are. You know, we're, we're, we just went seven years in February. Yeah. Which is a whirlwind and amazing. And I, I just, I really hope everyone gives it a shot and tries entrepreneurship for themselves. Yeah. Because wow, how fulfilling it can be. It is uh, something I take with me every day and mm. very special to me. So yeah, seven years and we've done a lot. You know, we got Inc. 5000, fastest growing businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grew 165% over this three-year span. And that was Incredible. insane. Incredible. You know, we got we got best workplaces uh, mm-hmm. from Inc. as well, twice, two times in a row. Awesome. We're Louisiana growth leader. For two years running, we've um, we've really done some awesome things, man, as a team. That's what I was saying earlier. I made yeah. a joke about it. Select You remember what it was like if you got that opportunity on the playground or at recess mm. to pick your team. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And especially when it fell into place where the other person wasn't making the same picks as you. <laughs> right. Or you were able to be like, no, no, you come with me. You come with me. You know, you're making yeah. those conversations yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, 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 right, and right, they, right. And they join your team and then you kill it. And that's yeah. what it feels like, man. It feels yeah. like I have the best kickball team around <laughs> and I love it because we're kicking ass, having I fun, doing yeah. good things yeah. and enjoying the hell out of it. I love it, man. Well, congratulations on your success so far. It's, lo- it's awesome to hear the evolution of someone's journey from, from that moment where you're working in living rooms and you're making things work and you're three or four people and all of a sudden, boom, you get that six, you get your first location and you grow to where you're at now. 20 employees. I mean, you got recognition. You've already listed that. LSU's top 100. I mean, it goes on and on. And kudos, I can tell just, I mean, this is our first interactions, Rob. I can just <laughs> tell from your energy, man. That's just like, 
feed people Thanks, feed man. off of you. I can see that. Like that's just evident, dude. And thank you. So it wasn't always this way. I need to talk yeah. about that for just a second. Yeah, tell us. Because remember when you when you asked about the superhero story in that journey, man. When I was moving to different places, I didn't make friends. Remember how I was saying I was talking to the older crowd, doing business, doing kind of yeah. like outlier stuff. Mm-hmm. I was introverted, very introverted. You know that that divorce from my parents shook me up, man. That changed everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak to my dad for a year and a half because he couldn't find me. I was wow. somewhere yeah. in, in the United <laughs> States, right? Right. And right. so all that stuff, all that was like crazy psychological, emotional, and physical development for me. And I was introverted. I didn't talk to many people. I wasn't making friends very easy. Every environment I went to, I was skittish or squeamish or you know maybe had some anxiety. It was moving to you know a different apartment every year. You know, at school every every year, every other year. The longest I stayed at a school was in high school. I went there all four years. Yeah. Uh, but every other time, you know, it was moving, moving, shifting, changing. Right. And so that changed me to who I am. Sure. Was I always like a, that my, my, well, my grandmother in Las Vegas would call me a ham. Uh, <laughs> she'd also call me butterball. I don't know why those two <laughs> things stick. That's insane. They're both like. Always hungry. Pork products. Um <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Man, I really like the movie Porky's too. So this is all kind of come into play. <laughs> it's all related. But I guess the point there is, you know, yeah. I had a personality before, but all of these life changes, all of these, this journey changed who I am internally. While yeah. I might have a default Rob, I have someone who I've adapted. You have the adaptable Rob, which you see today. And that was all built through struggle, through right. freaking misfires or timing. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of things or hurt and pain or joy, amazing fulfillment, and then leadership along the way gets you there. So if you're not vulnerable enough or curious enough to take that challenge or just keep just busting through your comfort zones, I wouldn't be the person we're talking to right now. This would be an entirely different interview. I never would have been a cheerleader. I probably wouldn't be at LSU if that was the case, which means I wouldn't have turned my grades around in high school or been been confident enough to ask that other girl out in high school, right? Right. So all those are building blocks and a foundation to who you see today. And I'm glad we like uncover that and look behind the sheetrock today, Jason, because that the only reason I share that is because other people need to know. I'm not trying to get a pity party. I'm not trying to like get viewership. I'm telling you this and I'm trying to share this because people can learn Mm -hmm. from this like I have. And I hope that they do. I hope they get to challenge themselves like this because it is it is a struggle but wow is it amazing for you personally well i think what's interesting too that you shared here is your perspective towards all of it like realizing that everything that has happened has played a role in the development whether good or bad that they both played a role and then seeing that this is all a bigger picture and taking everything for the value that it provides is going to help you shift your perspective to continue on that path forward. And that's, that's awesome, dude. That's Thank really you, awesome. Um, yeah, thanks. So, okay. So here's a question I have. So you, you come, this, this journey is awesome, man. And you, you've kind of hit, yeah, I, I know you want to continue going, but you definitely hit that pinnacle of success. Tell me what, if we were to, if we were to sit down here three years from now, okay. So we come back, we do a three year recap. What does success look like to you looking back over the next three years? I'm so glad you asked this question because that's a tough one. The reason why I say it's tough is because 
we don't know what the next three weeks looks like right now. Man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Only, the next three hours are going to be crazy with my right. kids and my wife right. and the meetings right. and stuff. So right. what's three years going to be look like and how will I determine or define success then? Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that's tough is because right now there's probably a mental block on what does that look like? We're all trying to survive, thrive, yeah. do whatever you can right now. But three years from now, success is probably still going to be defined the same. I mean, there's probably going to be some high points or achievements being made. But for me, what I define success is always going to be the same. And some people say that's money. Some people, you know, I remember when I thought successful was having like 20, 25 people working at my company or working underneath me. It's not about profit. It's not about your revenue. Mm -hmm. For me, in three years, what success will be defined at, because it always has been, will be doing the best that I can having fun in doing it while impacting those around me, inspiring others to do the same and having a good time with the people you spend your life with the majority of your life. If I am going to work and spend eight hours with you, well, I can tell you that's precious because I don't spend that with my kids every day. Right. I'm getting a glance at that right now and I love it and I don't want to change it. Yeah. But when you're working with, with a team or a crew, I mean, I hope you've assembled that kickball roster like I have that you, when you go to work, you have your family, you have your friends yeah. and your family. We call it the work family Yeah, at the office. Yeah. And yep. so that's what success is going to be for me, man. It's going to be having a place for people to come to work, feel empowered, feel appreciated and to recondition like this human spirit and what business looks like because from inside my walls, or at least from my point of view and perspective, it looks like when people get together to do great things, they are able to support their families and others, give to the community and have time for themselves for development and growth. That to me is success. If you provide any forum for that, and it can come in many different places, shapes, sizes, but if you provide a comfortable environment where people feel good and are genuine with themselves, they feel appreciated and they feel like themselves and are not happy, but they have joy. Yeah. And that's success to me. That's right. success. And and it doesn't have to be a business where you find that. That right. could be in, you know, creating your own circle or, or uh, friends or doing something in the community, something small. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything large scale. Right. But when you impact and inspire those around you and do good things, you're not hurting anyone or breaking any rules or laws. Then, you can combine that in a perfect world or a perfect space. That is what, that sounds like success to me, man. That's what success to me is. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, it's funny or it's not funny, but amazing. I, I talk, when I talk to a lot of founders, whenever I ask that question, metrics is easy to go to. Like uh, here's metrics. That's, you know, the default. Just, that's the default. But I've had so many people give answers that are not metrics that, hey, you know, the core values of what we believe in, I hope that that still holds true. I hope that I'm still having fun. I hope that, and I think what's key in any level of entrepreneurship is if you keep truly what your core values are, the metrics come because you have an engaged workforce. You have people who are bought in, who are ready to run through a brick wall for you. And so when it comes time to actually do the performance, you achieve those levels of success because if you focus solely on the metric, it may be difficult for you to achieve it because you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's the, it's the behavior, it's the attitude, it's that atmosphere that's going to drive the metric. And that's, um, 
that's really cool to hear that. And can not just drive the metric, but continue to rewrite the metrics or have you look at them in a different way. And you're not even going to find, man, I would say that maybe I'm just completely way off base here, but I would imagine that most entrepreneurs don't have metrics when they're starting this out. They're just trying to survive, right? Right. You know, they're just trying to move the ball forward. Yeah. Can down the road. So you don't, you don't really have a metric. You don't know what that's going to be. I mean, you go from, whatever dollar figure to whatever dollar figure. I mean, that that makes sense in that time. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's different for everyone. And I also would like to say that you'd mentioned core values. I think it's also very interesting how a lot of the business's core values, or at least when they make sense and and like really are profound to me, they come from the founders or the, the owners or leaderships. Right. Innate, you know, being Right. Or, or what they believe in, their beliefs, their structure, their, I mean, all of, all of who they are gets sort of expelled out into a business plan yeah. and yeah. their people. So. Right. I agree. Versus just like a, a, a writer's writing on a wall, like right. en- Enron had on their wall, uh, honesty, integrity is <laughs> plastered <laughs> on their headquarters. So right? uh, yeah, it's gotta be genuine. So you mentioned, you mentioned earlier leadership along the way and having an influence. Who are some of your mentors that have, have played a role in your life? And this one's okay. So I was hoping you'd ask me this one, but I'd also yeah. was trying to figure out <laughs> if I was going to have a good answer. So right. what I was going to say was, um, you know, it's funny you say that I advocate for people getting mentors and asking for people to step up and, Hey, will yeah. you be my mentor? You know, yeah. breaking that ice just to make the step to ask someone, Hey, you might know a little bit better than me. I can learn from you. Can you give me some, some advice? And so Shout out to one of your earlier podcasts with Marie because okay. she, yeah. she uh, <laughs> I love that girl. I love that woman. Love it. Yeah. Love she's her great. so much. She, um, oh man, she, she mentioned Lawrence Sloan, who's a good friend of mine. Yeah. As one of her early mentors. Like, wow, that was, that was, I didn't know that. And I, I mean, it was it. like, Lawrence, go find, Founders VR podcast, man. Come on, get over there. Are you serious? You haven't heard this? She mentioned you in the beginning and the end. This is incredible. I love but, it. But as usual, you know, you ask these questions and my stories yeah. take this tangent or cosine I love it. in an opposite direction. We're, this is where we're at, man. And this question for me to answer it is, while I don't have a formal answer for that, I can tell you yeah. that I have never specifically with this language said, hey, will you be my mentor? Yeah. I didn't, never said that. Those words yeah. never came out of my mouth. But yeah. what I've, the way I'm going to answer this is I frame this in my head like I've made personal contracts with people. Yeah. In my brain, okay. In my personal, <laughs> you sign for it. They might not even know they signed. Dude, they for have it. no idea these <laughs> exist, probably. And that's the thing about personal contracts is you're writing them up in your head the right. whole time. But yeah, these are assumptions, and they're yeah. not. Really, you're looking. I'm like, dude, you just voided subsection three A. <laughs> yes, that is. I mean, I didn't even sign your contract, Rob. What are you talking about? Right. So, no, I make these personal contracts in my brain, basically. That I'm like. I immediately notice someone and it usually doesn't take long. If I'm in a room at a meeting or conference or I can just, I pick up on people's energy and I'm like, Ooh, I need, I need to be close to this person. So that personal contract to me is like make a dedicated intentional move towards that direction. Say something because in the past you never did Robert, right? Yeah. Come on, Robert Earl, do it. You can do it. They're not going to, you know, just, just take the leap. And yeah. go talk to them. When I talk to them, then it's fine. I just do normal conversation and dialogue. I'm going to get to know them. I hope that we've made an impact and some connection. And mm-hmm. I'm going to get to know them further. I make a, a, a 
that part of that other contract, you know, subsection A, you know, funny squiggly line B, yeah, right. you know, that, that that subsection is all about fully engage on that person and get to know everything about them that you can. So it's a lot of yeah. questions, dude, I will question and I will question you to death. I mean, yeah. when I first meet you, if I'm intrigued, I will ask, it's like 20 questions in a five minute span. Yeah. And that can be overwhelming. That used to be a drinking game or some way you got to know people as an icebreaker. Yeah. Oh man, that's me. If I'm interested, I'm locked in and I want to know, I want to absorb as much and as fast as possible. Yeah. It's like, it's like short circuit. I'm Johnny five need more input. (laughs) So man, that's it. My mentors though, let me tell you who I look up to. Let me tell you the people I, I probably should have formally asked to be my mentor, but that they have made a profound impact on me in business, in life. And what's funny is they weren't all in business and they weren't all after graduation when I was started to get in the industry or in a business or yeah. own one. Mentor, you know, unofficially had to be my parents. I learned so much from them and my brother, my brothers for sure. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, one of my very, one of my teachers, like <laughs> Barbara Stott, Miss Stott, Mom Stott, that's Love her. It. Uh, she was a math teacher. She's the one who got me into cheerleading. She um, was definitely a second mom. And then, you know, let's, let's talk, let's talk business. Let's say, you know, I, I really look up to my CFO, Renee Schechtsneider. I've learned yeah. so much from that man, not just in numbers, but in business. Yeah. Other mentors, Dima Gawi. I'm doing a little chit chat show with her, a little live streaming with her. And I've she was a it, business man. coach it's, it's of mine. Fantastic. Thanks, man. It's yeah. been so much fun. She, she, she was a business coach of mine. Yeah. For like six to nine months. And, you know, we still remain close friends. And I, yeah. she was one of those people. I'm like, I must get to know this person. Wow. Could yeah. I learn a lot from her? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sprinkle that with a whole bunch of other people, though. I mean, there, there's a million mm-hmm. of people that I would like to say that they made an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look to them as mentors. Unofficially, I look to them. Right. Yeah. Yep. And you've got signed contracts with all of them in your head. In my brain, <laughs> stowed away and stored. Right. I love it. That's great. No, I think that's fantastic. And the people you shared, um, I know several and some I don't. It's always exciting to find out who are, you know, who are, who play influence. And some folks, you know, like you said, it can be, it can be a teacher. It can be a family. It can be, it doesn't have to be even specific to one area or the other. And that's really cool to hear. I'm curious your thoughts on this, man. Books. I don't know how, uh, if you have read anything interesting, if you got a book you want to highlight that's been pretty influential on in your life. You got something in mind? Good question. So first book I got to say is Raving Fans. Okay. Raving fans is probably if I could if I could give it to you all in one book, here it is. It's no raving kidding. fans. It's about customer service. Love it. Um, now, what is it based on? Is it based oh, on a company or is it based on? Like, it's a story. It's you know, okay. it's one of those books where they kind of wrap it up into a really quick and digestible, you know, who moved my cheese kind of scenario. Yeah. And so it starts out with just like you you walk in and it's like your it's your fairy godmother, but it's for business. And I love it. You know, it's about customer service. He teaches you and guides you through it. A lot of amazing concepts in there. Yeah. Uh, everyone in IT Inspired reads that on day one. Wow, cool. So you make that part of his kind of an onboarding. One, that's part of us, man. It's customer service 100%. People wow. first, problem second, the profit will come. So yeah, that's, that's number one. Another one that comes to mind, which is going to be probably unorthodox, but I get a lot of wisdom from quotes, mm-hmm. you know, People have said it better than me many times before and probably a lot longer ago. Yeah. I love the Harper's book of quotations. I will, it's, you know, <laughs> several hundred pages of quotes, you know, philosophy, religion, politics, yeah. you know, leadership, 
everything. It covers every single topic. And it's yeah. that's sort of for me, like a dictionary, you can take any point in time, yeah. go to a certain topic and there's, there's wisdom there. Yeah. There are profound people that you've either heard, either heard of say this and yeah, I need a reminder or a refresher, or it's like, Whoa, who is this person? I've never heard of them. Let me explore. Yeah. yeah. Um, give me uh, give me, yeah. give me a quote. Give me, a, give me one of your, one of your quotes. That you, oh, that, wow. So on the one, of my, one of my quotes is not going to, yeah. a lot of my quotes will not come from this book. God, I'm yeah. just, I'm so contradictory. My mom used to always say, stop contradicting me. Yeah. I'm contradicting the hell out of myself. Yeah. Here's some quotes. And I hope these, I hope these help you. These yeah. have got me through heartbreaks, breakups, wow. death. Uh, these have got me through turmoil and, and triumph. These yeah. have got me through the best times and the worst times of my life. And every time make a freaking smack to the face or a punch to the nose. My Drop eyes it on water us. Damn. Like, yes, I've got, oh, what a lesson to learn. I love it. Here, here it is. Yeah. This one comes from Garth Brooks. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I found this one on the back of one of his CD cases <laughs> uh, where he was, you know, talking about how him and the songwriters or Chris Ledoux or whoever he was working with at the time yeah. came up with it. And the quote was happiness isn't getting what you want. It's wanting what you've already got. That one hit me hard. That one wow. Hit me hard. Yeah. Now let me punch you in the nose again and follow it with a swift uppercut. uppercut okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, this is going to sting a little bit depending <laughs> where you are in life. Okay. Yeah. You deserve what you tolerate. I've heard that one. I like that one a lot. That one stings every single time. Yeah. And it makes me shut up and listen, which I need because I've been doing a lot of talking today. <laughs> this is about you talking, man. <laughs> you deserve what you tolerate. Remember yeah. that one. Pull that one out every Tell once me, in a while. That one's a good elab- one. Elaborate on that and what you, how you interpret that. Good Lord. Where do you want to take this? Let's okay. In like, in like a two-minute nugget. Two-minute nugget, personally. You deserve what you, you tolerate. Yeah. You, it, it's, it's just a quick, it's a quick one um, because – where are you right now? Are you going to keep dealing with this? Is this what you asked for or what you want? Can you do better? Do I deserve to be treated this way? Talk this way? Abused this way? Do I deserve to be feeling the way I'm feeling right now? Is that normal? Should it be this way? Can it be better? Well, if you're going to tolerate that behavior, that those emotions, those, those, those instances in life, maybe you deserve it. Now that's not to come off so harsh where it's like a, you know, you know, jab, stick, and then twist. But what it, what it does do is it says you can do better. I think what it does say is you don't deserve this. You deserve much more. Go find it, go do it, go make it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that one always stings. So that could be where that's could be hitting you right there in your seat or on your couch where it's like, I'm here in COVID. This is not a good relationship. This is toxic. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be talked this way, talked to this way. And maybe there's, you know, things can get kind of tough. No, no, you deserve what you tolerate. Yeah. Or, hey, I'm kind of unhappy at my job. This isn't quite where I want to be. I'm not, I'm not advancing. I'm not getting the development. These people don't care about me. Mm-hmm. Why am I here wasting away eight hours when I could be with my family right now? Well, mm-hmm. you deserve what you tolerate. Find mm-hmm. something better. You can do it. Go find it. Make it happen for yourself. So to the person who says, Rob, I hear you. And dang, you're right. I got to take some ownership. But you know what? I genuinely feel that like I don't have an alternative. I, I don't I don't have anywhere else to go. You need I, a support what, system. 
That's okay. you, you, you need to talk. Response. Now's the time for you to talk. Now's the time for you to ask, ask that mentor, ask your neighbor, ask a friend if they can help open up and be vulnerable to, to like I have today. Let some of your past out, let your heart show through your chest and through your shirt for a minute right. and let people see you where, you know, I heard this, meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. I heard this management technique or, or, or message that said, meet them where they are. Right. I think that's pretty important. Meet yeah. them where they are at that time and that point. And that can be different, but just reach out and connect with someone. And then when you make that connection, ask. And then if people are genuine and care and compassionate, like people are, this whole rate, this, the humankind does want to do good, yeah. in my opinion. And, and, and I, that's the way I see it. I see this all around. It doesn't take a pandemic to see this, but people want to help if you ask them or if you have something where you can be open and honest with and meet them or have them meet you where, where you are, I think that's pretty powerful. And I think, I think that connection's there. And I think people are willing to help. So the people that say I can't or, the, or anyone who's struggling, there, there's other people struggling too, and I get it, and I want to help. How can I help? That should mm-hmm. be my next question. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you deserve what you tolerate, but let's talk about it. What do you think you deserve? How can I help you? Who do you need to talk to and where do you need to go? So I think that's, I think that's just where you make that connection and make also probably that next personal contract to say, well, I can, I can do something about it in my little way, whether that's advocating for something, bringing awareness to something else or exposing something that shouldn't be there or should. Mm -hmm. I love that, man. Let me give you one last book and it's how full is your bucket? Because that one's a good one. Kenny Wynn came to me one day after we met for lunch and he's like a 368 and he was like, dude, I get it. you I get it. You're, you're, have you ever read the, the book? How full is your bucket? I'm like, yes, yes, I have. I yeah. read that in like early college and I yeah. love it. And that yeah. is my life motto. I so find it. things that will fill up your bucket. And part of that deserve what you tolerate thing is, well, if people are, people are things are draining and you, you know, your bucket's not overflowing. <clears throat> it's draining water. Yeah. You know, it is dry down there. Then find things to fill it up because mm. that's really what you deserve. Right. I'm disappointed myself that I haven't had I haven't read all three of those books. So now I've got three of them to the list. I love Who Moved My Cheese, Ken Blanchard. I think it is um, yep. Sniff and Scurry. I love the whole story. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so applicable to anybody at any level. Um, Ice My Iceberg is Melting is another one of those great stories kind of books. Oh, so I'm okay. adding, that's another good one. It talks about like the ships and it talks about penguins who are stuck on an on an iceberg. And this one person kind of sees it slowly melting and everybody's been used to how this is always how we've done things. And it's going to, it's our icebergs always going to be here. And I like very that. similar iceberg is melting. Really, really good one. That was referred to me by another podcast joiner, Blake Fowler. Shout, shout I out. love me some Blake, man. So you basically <laughs> interviewed all my friends. <laughs> I, need right, to make a, I need to make like one or two more. Yeah. So, I love everyone. I mean, I got to learn more about people and that's yeah. what I love about your show. You kind of bring it out, man. Good, man. Thanks. This has been fun. Like this is, and I, I think we're going to have to have a part two. Like, genuinely. Oh Lord. <laughs> well, this was Nick Spire good. part two at the beginning. So now <laughs> <laughs> right. let's get that's Nick right. on to talk about me and then I'll talk about. Yeah, him. I like well, it. I'm just have everybody talk about the other person and we'll do yes. that. It'll be perfect. <laughs> um, it'll be hilarious. But I, we might get a lot more new content we aren't expecting. <laughs> no joke. Sorry. Um, I know. I love it, man. No, you deserve is, what you tolerate, Jason. <laughs> right, man. I'd be like, damn, we're uncovering some stuff. All right. I see. I love it, man. So I want to move, I want to move into, you know, kind of talk. We talked about a little bit about your business, the evolution, about you personally. Um, I know you're really involved in the community. 
you know, involved with junior league and you've done leadership BR on the arts council and you, you, you seem to pour yourself back in the community. Why is that important to you, Rob? Oh my goodness. There's so, there's such an amazing group of people here. And that was sort of my awakening to Baton Rouge, like your earlier question. There's such a vast amount of resources that people take for granted or don't know about here. Mm-hmm. And then if you, if you take it in terms of people too, there's such an, there's such an amazing group of people doing incredible things in this community. And why it's important, I think, is because I've, I've lived all those other places. I've seen what it looks like. You know, I've seen homelessness from a different perspective. I've seen people lose their wages because they have an addiction to gambling. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that go along with that. And I think when you realize, like sort of like your earlier question, tell someone, hey, you deserve what you tolerate. Well, I, I need help. I know how you can help. So why do, why do I get involved? I wind up advocating for things that need more of a voice, for things that people don't know about. I wind up getting involved with people I never knew and find ways to grow my personality, my profession, because there's networking that comes along with that. Oh my goodness. One of, you know, we did very little marketing, but when we hired Brew to do our marketing, they killed it for us. Okay. Marie yeah. killed it. Yeah. But every, everything up until that was word of mouth. And you know how you do that? You just talk to people. And, and so I would do that by talking to people that I met or getting involved in the community because there was something that I felt I could help with or, or make better. And so, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I want to be involved with junior achievement and give back like that guy who came to my fifth and eighth grade class, right? Yeah. yeah. At, at, at yeah. Uh, Haynes, you know, Haynes Middle School yeah. in Metairie. And that junior achievement guy changed my trajectory there. He could have been an early mentor in those few class sessions that he spent with me. And then junior achievement's been amazing for me. I love giving back where I get to teach people financial, not people, kids are our most critical population, right? Mm -hmm. You get to teach them about financial literacy. Who taught you how to, you know, balance a checkbook, learn about what a supply chain means. We're all getting a little, a little refresher course on that. Why you need to have a lender, what it means to have a business plan and how business can be. Oh, well, that can be, you know, you could be a welder. You could be someone who is in the culinary arts. You can be a bus driver. You can own a business. I mean, all these things, there's a million things you can do. And that's what's so exciting about it. But there's also a million things you can do in your community and for people and with people and actually spend some time getting your hands dirty and leaning into the issues because I've never been more humbled than when I have gotten myself into things that I've said yes to when I, my gut was like, uh, no, that's more time. It's going to be outside your comfort zone. So for me, man, giving back to junior achievement, you know, giving props to kids orchestra every time they do something awesome. I love their entire organization. And then look, there's boys and girls club. They need some love too. And what about big buddy, big buddy program, man. And then Junior League, uh, Leadership Baton Rouge, Leadership Louisiana, um, anything you can get involved with at BRAC. There's like, you know, I've, I'm in like five committees with BRAC and yeah. they're, they're incredible. But, you know, quality of place, the tech sector execs, you know, um, there was a, a part where we were doing about STEM education, you know, trying to, trying to figure out what that, I forget what the name of it is, but the track mm-hmm. for students to get on the technical path. Mm-hmm. Just saying yes to things that would normally feel like uncomfortable or a hindrance or something that that would take you outside of your comfort zone is actually an opportunity to learn. Yeah. And so giving back is important to me because I've seen how much people have given to me and what it takes 
So for me, I want to do all that I can. And I also like to get people to join me too. So if anyone wants to know how to volunteer or that person says, I'm having a struggle, I'm in this relationship. You, you said I deserve what you tolerate, but he shouldn't be abused like this, right? Mm-hmm. We need to go talk to my friends at the Sexual Trauma Awareness and Resource Center. Go right. talk to Rachel A. Barron, star. Right. So, you know, there's a million... There's a million resources out there. And when I get involved, I remember. I remember the people. I remember the impact. And then I can make it for myself and others. So then I'm just a connector. At that point, I'm a human hyperlink where I can tell others, hey, go with this place or talk to that person. Or, yeah, I might have heard about something. Right. That's how it all works for me. I love it, man. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Just everything you share there is so valid i mean like i remember june i mean you get you give the example june i remember uh, a talent in one of the classes and you know the aha moment when you see a kid and they go and they and they give two different business plans and like one's this and one's and they show like you know you got to have revenue exceed expenses and like this is how business work and like one person got to be able to like hey great job you did this and you get to go get this now and this bro is like I, why can't i get them like you didn't, you didn't balance the business. And it was like this aha, like, Oh, so that's how all this works. This, this thing comes together. And it's so cool to see that from a second grader gets that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's such an amazing I like moment. Teaching the early kids, but I really can, yeah. you know, I love teaching like third, fourth, fifth grade yeah. uh, enough for them to kind of understand the basics. But then yeah. I, you know, I really want to hit the high school students, man. Sure. I want to yeah. talk to them a yeah. lot. And yeah. the good thing about junior achievement now is they're going to switch to maybe doing some virtual stuff. Yeah, and they asked exactly. me if I could do some virtual lessons. I'm like, hell yeah, I got a webcam. Yeah, let's exactly. <laughs> but let's let's talk about this too. In that same yeah. class, like when I had uh, last year when I did some volunteering, mm-hmm. did JA in a day. Mm-hmm. And what was awesome was it, it, it isn't just like, oh, you need revenue to be more than expenses. Yeah. we. I, I remember I was floored when I was like, you need to make sure that you market your business to me. Maybe, yeah. I mean, why do I want to choose you, company right. A over company B or company C? Is right. it your location? Is it yeah. your customer service? Is it what you have an inventory? Is it because you've marketed yourself or sell yourself better online? Yeah. I walk away. I come back after writing something on the board and making a point. And I remember that this girl, I forget her name. She came up. She's like, I've got a jingle for my company. And I went, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah, I made a jingle. Yeah. Let me hear it. Are you serious? You made a jingle? Yeah. How did you have time? Were you listening to anything I just said? <laughs> That's I have incredible. To write my jingle. That's I incredible. And she, yeah. she sang me her jingle in front of the class. So you, you want to ask, what does that mean? Yeah. That's a confidence booster, self-esteem. You, yeah. You're now public speaking, okay? Right. She got an in-house marketing degree in a fourth grade classroom yeah. in a two-hour lesson right. from Junior Achievement JA mm-hmm. in a day. Tell right. me that doesn't make an impact. And tell me that doesn't excite you to pass on whatever knowledge that you've gotten from your mentors, your family, your friends, and from your office to spread that because we need to spread the knowledge. Right. I love that, man. Yeah. I, you touched on that. I, I don't want to go too off subject with it, but I agree with it so much on, so I, I sit on the board with dream teachers, the same thing and, and having two young nice. kids. And it's just so awesome when you get to actually go experience what it's like when you, you do your achievement, you go teach a JA in a day, which I've done or, or you go to our, our awards banquet and you see what, when teachers get recognized for going above and beyond because they do so much in the classroom and impact so much of what's going to be the next generation of leaders. And, and you feel that it drives you to want to do more and more and more. And Jason, you've got to check out if, if that was, if, oh, man, Young Entrepreneurs Academy of Baton Rouge. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Deborah Sternberg, Michael Roth, all of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, they just had their second class and uh-huh. uh, amazing. Like 
it's going to be incredible, man. I uh, love that. I, I highly recommend y'all looking that up or that, spreading yeah. the awareness about that. Yep. Take, I think it's like up to nine or 13 different parishes around the surrounding areas of Baton Rouge. Love it. High school students, homeschooled or in school, doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. A lot of homeschool students, which is incredible, coming yeah. through with business plans, writing their business plan, That's having, awesome. marketing it, selling it, you know, coming up with investors, insane amount. I mean, you want to talk about life lessons? Yeah. Take that. Push your yeah. kid to do that. I love it. Ooh-wee. Young Entrepreneurs Academy of Baton Rouge. Shout, Shout out. out. <laughs> I love it, man. All right. So we're going to take it to the to the finale here. I got okay. some, some fun questions. All right. These are going to be just kind of off the wall. If you ever heard of, uh, I think it's Tim Ferriss. Yep. This is pulled right from his deal, man. So, Perfect. Um, so, all right. So what purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted you in the last six months? We're looking on a budget here, man. <laughs> Man, I really wish you'd have said two hundred because I could have said like man. You can bump it, look, look. We'll take no, a look we can. I got to play by the rules on this one. Right. Hundred bucks. Yeah. Um. Dang. That's gonna be that's gonna be books. That's got to be books. Okay. I mean, okay. if it's gonna be less than a hundred bucks, let's just go there. A lot of wealth and knowledge in like thirteen dollars and fifty seven cents. I love it. I agree with you. Books is powerful, man. So okay, I'll give you the, I'll give you the pass on the mastermind because it's over. It's under two hundred. It's over one hundred. What's your favorite? I have mastermind. What's your favorite class you took? Oh, you have masterclass? Yeah. Masterclass. Oh, I've taken the Gangster Gardener. The Gangster Gardener is incredible. Love that one. Oh my goodness. I love it. The first one I watched though was Chris Voss, and that's another book we didn't get to talk FBI about. I know she can negotiate. Yeah. Golly. Negotiate like a the late night like DJ night. voice. Yeah, the DJ voice was in I mean, I can't do it. It's so hard. I love but it, man. That one's good. I, I also started you have to watch the Chris Hadfield Masterclass. He's the NASA astronaut. Okay. From Canada. Holy okay. cow. The leadership and the business, like you can apply those applications yep. you know, to many different things, which yep. you can apply there for leadership and business is insane. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm also looking forward to Gordon Ramsay and I'm in right on Neil deGrasse Tyson right now. Wow. I love it. That one's interesting too. Yeah. I saw, I saw, um, I saw several and I bounced around on several of them, but I did, I did finish Chris Foss's and it's crazy when he does the live actual hostage negotiation. I played it for my wife. I'm like, Steph, this is Seems a- like you watched this and had an opinion about it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Dude, it was insane to hear that. That was an actual negotiated. Sounds like it was insane to hear. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it was good. Blah, blah, blah. That's hilarious, man. Oh, man. Um, I love it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So anyways, man, good answer. I love it. Oh, I'll have everybody check it out. All right. So what's a, an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? This is similar to when I got asked the question, like, what would be your, you know, sociopathic or <laughs> serial killer tendencies? Okay. Right. But I have a lot of them and it's hard to get the inventory of them right now. But yeah, let me just say this. If you have like an open container of Tang somewhere <laughs> in your... In your house or cupboard or closet, and I perhaps come across that, and I find myself a spoon. I'm probably going to spoon out a whole bunch of tang and eat it right in front of you because it's just so amazing. And look, it's going to rub my tongue raw, and I'm not going to be able to taste things for like three days. It's going to be like a lot of orange, but damn, it's so good. It's so good. I love tang. I would eat tang dry in front of you out of a canister. That's what I will do. Um, I look at you slightly <laughs> differently. Question. I still respect you highly, but look at you a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, that's that by like 37 or 36 more times. And I'm oh sure I got plenty God, more. God, that's hilarious. That. I love it. All right. So what is, what is something that you are not very good at, but wish you were? I wish, I wish I would have paid attention and I wish I would have stayed in this Barbara Stotts math class in freshman year yeah. and stayed the path because when I had the chance to move away to an easier class with a whole bunch of heathens, that was the, I was a bit raised that hand and I was out. Yeah. Um, I should have, I, if I, I'm not good in math, man. And my wife's a math teacher. She'd slap me in the face if I said that in front of her. She hates, <laughs> you know, I don't like the why Baton Rouge question. She's like, you know, I hate people who say they're bad in math. Yeah. I'm just the fundamentals there. I bounced around a lot, had many different teachers and yeah. math was the last thing I was worried about. So right. I guess I, if I could do one thing, I'm really not good in math, but if I could be better at it by going back in time and taking all of those classes again uh, with, with those teachers and actually pay attention because I didn't realize how much of a building block and foundation you would lay in the early, let's say pre-algebra days in algebra, because every time I go to a, you know, do the quadratic equation and then foil comes in or there's like carry the two remainder one. I'm screwed, yeah. man. So <laughs> I, I'll remember what I have to remember in the moment, but all those fundamentals and pieces you're supposed to remember part of the process. I forget. So math for me is tough. I wish yeah. I could be better in math. Yeah. I like it. I like it. It's good value. All right. What's your walking, walking to your plate song? <laughs> Uh, you play was, baseball, man. So what's what's the jam? You're I play baseball, but they never gave us a really good song. So that I, I wish you know, wish iTunes and all that was available then. Right, man. If I'm talking about get me going, pumped up, I would love to just blare on the on all the speakers loud as possible. Um, Dead mouse, ghosts, and stuff. I like it. Oh. Cool. Oh man, I would just go insane to I that. I love it. I love it. You got everybody just freaking fist pumping. Just let's go. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. So that's, that's your hitting it out the park song. What's all right. So concluding last, uh, last three questions specific yep. to Baton Rouge, best place to get a cup of Joe, best business lunch and best dinner spot. Okay. Getting a cup of Joe. Let's see. I liked white star market a lot. Cause you could go there and just kind of get a variety of things, yep. but you know, shout out to, I wish my boy, I am a had him some storefront, but I love us. I got to say river road coffee for coffee. Yeah. I just have to say river road coffees, but if I'm going to go and actually eat or drink and have some coffee at a place, let's say magpie, let's say CC's magpie CC's. I'm not a big coffee guy though. Sorry. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Get some, get some juice. Now, uh, for talking, right. You said lunch spot and dinner spot. Yeah, or? Lunch and spot, lunch spot and dinner spot. Man, lunch spot is so easy. Uh, <laughs> Overpass Merchant, man, on Tuesday. Good Lord. That awesome. uh, chicken fried chicken, mashed potatoes, the greens. And, mm. Shout out my to my Nick girl Love. Cheryl. My girl Cheryl Monroe yeah. out there. I love you, Cheryl. I miss you. I love it. I love it. Dude, Overpass is incredible. Also, the, uh, you got to see my boy James at the Cove Hawaiian Grill. Have you eaten there? I have not. Okay, so let me let me say that's going to be dinner. Okay, because the Cove Hawaiian Grill it's right behind the Izzo's off of Blue Bonnet and Jefferson. Okay, man, I woo wow! I go in there and I get me the Cove platter, katsu, kalbi, and some some spicy pork or chicken. Yo, Um, all right, dude, it's insane. Yeah, I love it. I'm adding it to my list now, and we're going to go check it out. Cove. Hawaiian grill, getting the cove platter. 
Yes. Rob, I love it, man. This was fantastic. We're going to definitely have to do a part two, man. There was so much good stuff dropped in here. Um, and I feel like we could do this for another five hours easy. Sorry, we're, man. I'm going to have, no, I love it. We're going to do like a part one through five for Rob. I love it, man. Oh, Lord. This was, I'm kidding. This was awesome, dude. Uh, really, thank, thank you for, uh, for coming on, man, sharing your story for uh, being open and dropping so much great knowledge and content here. I think everybody's going to get a really great kick from it. Thank you again, man. Any, any things that maybe I didn't ask or something that you want to get out uh, before we wrap up here? I just want to say, keep doing what you're doing, Jason. This is awesome. I mean, it definitely feels good to tell your story, but you know how it really feels good to just mention other people on this show. I'm not going to lie. Name dropping people and organizations that could use a little more love and that are doing great things, but you don't hear about as much. Yeah. That's, I thank you for giving us the platform and the ability to talk about the amazing people and things yeah. in our place. Without a doubt, man. Well, I appreciate that. Um, that's awesome, dude. Well, thank you again for all those listening. Check it out. Rob, if you got, he's giving it, dropped a lot of stuff. If you want to reach out, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Rob? Oh man. Email me, uh, Rob E wise at gmail.com. Um, you can go, you know, if it's, if it's, uh, if you got any questions, anything like that, and then look, if you, if you want to shoot me a business email, rob.w at itinspired.com or just go to itinspired.com and just shoot anything out, you know, send a carrier pigeon or a smoke signal. We're, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get to you. No worries. No doubt. Thanks again, Rob. Thank you, Jason. I really appreciate it, man. Stay Absolutely. safe. Yeah, you too. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed making it. You know, when you get a chance, give us a like subscribe give us a comment really want to hear your feedback what are you enjoying what are you not enjoying what would you like to see on the show leave a comment i want to hear it i want to know what we can do to make sure we're giving you great content and so thanks for liking thanks for listening and we look forward to connecting again soon